to Totalus Rankium. This week, Hostilian. And welcome to Roman Emperors Totalis Rankium. I'm Jamie. And I'm Rob, ranking all the emperors from Augustus to Augustus, episode 36. Mm. And it's Hostilian. That's a cool name. It's a good name, isn't it? I like it. It's, yeah, it's, it, it, I get images of flowers and bumblebees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Right, here we are, thick in the crisis now. Yes, lots of bad things are happening. Bad things are happening. Let's have a little bit of a recap. We still have no Historia Augusta. Still lost. We get it back soon though. That's good. Yes. Quick recap. Decius. Remember him? Yes. Yeah. He tried to help Rome by improving the morality of the state. And blame everything on Jupiter. Yes. It did not work. No. No. He then asked a well-respected senator called Valerian. And I said, remember his name. He yeah. comes up later. <clears throat> Just remember he's about. Okay. He asked him to take charge of improving the Senate. Yeah. Valerian went, no. <laughs> not doing that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. That's a fool's errand. There's no way we're getting these lot to act in a decent manner. <laughs> so instead, he went north and took charge of an army up in the Rhine region. Ah, that's and the Rhine is in Germany. Yes. So yeah. I contribute to this podcast. Yeah. So that is that's important to remember that Valerian is there. In Germany. Yes. On the Rhine. On the Rhine. I went there once. Nice. Had a wine tasting session afterwards. It was quite nice. Nice. Mm. On the Rhine itself? Not on the Rhine. No, we, we stopped off at a wine shack. I don't know. Wine, <laughs> winery. Wine, was it called the Wine Shack? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lots of neon lights. It was great. Nice. Classy good. place. Yeah. Maybe that's what Valerian well, is doing. Well, Das Wine Shack. Yeah. yeah. Shack in German being Shack. Yes. Yeah. Good. <laughs> so that's what Valerian's doing. He's yeah. tasting wine on the Rhine. Yeah. yeah. In Das Weinshack. Yeah. <laughs> Apologies to our German listeners for the awful accent. <laughs> and just the insulting, <laughs> horrific. Just terrible. Right. Okay. <laughs> the Goths. And a bunch of other tribes under, remember their name? Oh, I'm looking back. Um, Thrace? No. Um, we had two last week, remember? We had the one who was attacking Philip. N- no, that's Valerian. Uh, Griven. Criver. 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 Caniva or Caniva. Oh, C N I V A. Yes. yes. I, sh- I should spell things out. Which, editing the podcast, I. Realised, I said, yes, I much prefer to say Caniva. And then called him Caniva for the rest of the episode. (laughs) So it would appear I actually prefer to call him Caniva. Well, Um, it it, it seems sounds more sensible. It does. I I, I prefer to go for Caniva. I'm going to try for Caniva. I'll I'll poke you if I'm you don't say it. Yeah, okay, so Caniva. Sorry. (laughs) Stop poking me. Um... (laughs) Yeah, he invades with a whole, yeah. a whole bunch. That's the collective noun for goths. A bunch <laughs> of goths come in. Decius decides he's got to sort it out. Yeah. Goes up north with his son Herennius. Mm. They fight it out for a bit. They yeah. win, they lose. They win, they lose. They lose. Yeah. They die. They lose big. They lose big. Because he's the first emperor to die actually in battle, wasn't Apart he? Apart from... Apart from all, all the, the others. others. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first... Emperor to definitely die yes. in battle against a foreign enemy. Okay. As in, it's very clear that he did. Yeah. yeah. Gordian III may have done. Mm. And others have 
died in civil wars. Because there was some controversy. We didn't give him Jeanne César for that reason. Oh, because he died. Well, like I say. And the persecution of the Christians that we discussed perhaps wasn't as... Do you get Jeanne César for that? <laughs> it's notable. <laughs> um, yeah. As we said last week, he was... He was actually very mediocre. His, it wasn't yes. even like a persecution so you can go, oh, he was awful, he persecuted so horribly, we need to give him Jeanne César because he was noteworthy. Yeah. And even his claim to fame being the first Roman emperor to die in battle, well, actually, he might not have been, and he definitely wasn't, depending <laughs> on whether you're saying against an enemy or not. That's true. Yeah. So, uh, mm. and what else did he do? I don't know. I don't understand why people think he's any good whatsoever. Mm. I think he was a bit dull. So no, I'm standing That's by my fine. no Jeanne César. That's fine. That's, That's fine. what I'm standing by. Anyway, he died, and so did. did his son, Arrhenius. But if you remember last week, yep. Decius had a second son. He did. Called? Hostilian. Hostilian! Well, Do you know how I know that? Because you've just recorded the intro. Yep. Sorry, the man in the corner. Yeah, and I heard him. With the good looks. Yeah. yeah. Millions of girlfriends. Yeah, we've had to stop. Letting them watch. It was distracting. Yeah, all these yeah. concubines. Yeah. Right, so let's do Hestelian, shall we? Yeah. Here we go. Buckle yourselves in. <laughs> <laughs> he was born Gaius Valens Hostilianus Messius in around 230 under the rule of Alexander. So he was relatively young then when he took over. Yes, he was, hmm. as we'll find out in a moment. He was born in Sirmium in Illyricum, so that area across the water from Italy. Yes. Yeah, south of it's the just, Danube. It's, sorry, you've got to be more accurate. Italy's surrounded by water. <laughs> yeah. Um, start in the Alps. Yeah, north Italy. Head down. Right. Turn left and go across that stretch of sea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> turn left, take a right. Yeah. Over the hill. Just a minute. Third village right. on the left, and there it is. We're talking roughly where Croatia is. Okay. Yeah, we're talking about Croatia's nice. Yeah, Croatia's very nice. Yeah, so he was born there. His father was Decius. Yeah. His mother was Herenia Etruscula, as mm, I yeah. mentioned last week. Yes, she did. He would have grown up in a wealthy family because Decius was wealthy. That helps. Yeah. See all this stuff we know about him, it's great. Yeah. He would have spent his youth in Germania and Spain, possibly. It depends whether he followed Decius around. If Decius took his family with him, yeah. then he would have spent his youth there. Right. If his family stayed in Rome, he would have spent his youth in Rome. I'm going to say he did go to Germany. Yeah, I think it that's makes the him more interesting. Yeah, he's done something. By 245, his father would be noticed by Philip. And by 249, Decius was on his way to sort out that uprising Danube legions. Yeah. Now you remember, Decius went up there and the legions went, oh yeah, we'll stop revolting, but you've got to be our leader. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. Yeah. We don't know if Hestilian and the family went up with him. This seems unlikely, though. No. You're asked to go and quell a dangerous rebellion. You probably don't take your young children and your wife with you. But maybe you do. I don't know. There's certainly no evidence either way of it. So you can call, did he or not? I'm going to say no for this one. Yeah, I thought no as well. Because he survives. Either way... Castilian's father becomes the emperor. Yeah. Decius kills Philip in battle, being someone else who died in battle. Yeah. Castilian's 18 at this point, so he's not a child anymore, but he's he's still fairly young. A young man. Young man. Possibly a promising young man. Maybe a disappointing young man. We have no idea. No idea. Being the younger brother, we can assume 
that he was not treated as the heir and that he was somewhat in Horennius's shadow. Oh, so that's going back to the um, Titus and Domitian thing, isn't it? Yes, exactly. We don't know this, but let's say it is. Yeah, it was. Just to try and eke out something here. Right, not much of an age difference between the brothers, but Decius only took Horennius with him to fight, which really does show that he favoured the older brother. Yeah, well, I was probably to hold a sword by the age of, you know. Yeah. Equally, this is uh, this is good planning. Because yeah. if Decius and his brother went up there and happened to make such a hash of it that they both died, yeah. then at least there's someone in the family to carry on the line. That's true. So when they go up there and they die, <laughs> uh, news is then sent back and Herenia finds out that her husband and son were dead. We don't know the inner workings of this, you will be shocked to hear. No. But we do know that the Senate declares Decius his only living son as emperor. Fair enough. Yeah, makes sense. The emperor's dead, the heir's dead, who's next in line? It's this young chap here. He'll do. He's got a cool name. Yes. No one's going to mess with him, they thought. Have the emperor towel. (laughs) Is that what's given? Yes, it's, it's gone since Augustus. It's is it? Oh, it's, it's, it's a bit threadbare. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit. Yeah. Is it monogrammed? Uh, yes. By all the emperors that they've had yes, so far. Yes, they get their names sewn into the side. Yeah. Nice, I like it. It starts on the outside and goes in a sort of spiral pattern. And then when you reach the middle, what happens then? That's when the empire collapses. Ah, uh, see. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. So he's passed his towel, and uh, he becomes the emperor. However, this apparent easy succession did not last long because the Senate soon finds out that the troops in the Danube had other ideas. Uh oh. Yes. So Is serious. Anything to do with Valerian. So serious that other ideas have a capital O and a capital I in my notes. Oh. Yeah. Uh, no, it's nothing to do with Valerian. Oh. Well done for remembering him. Keep an eye on him mentally in your head. Just, just keep him there. Why? Oh, you'll see. You will see. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, they decide that a man named Drabonianus Gallus should be the emperor. That's a bad name. Yes, we're going to just call him Gallus. Yeah. He was a general in Decius's army, and the troops want him in charge. The Senate politely writes back, explaining that, uh, actually, we've already got an emperor, thanks. Soz. Yeah. Thank you for your, your helpful contribution. <laughs> However, we must inform you that another emperor has been selected. Look forward to hearing your requests in future. Hugs and kisses. Do not take this as you're not allowed to apply again. Yeah, that yes. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> so, looks like civil war is on. Yes. Astilian and the Senate versus the army and Gallus. However, Ooh. amazingly, a letter arrives. It's from Gallus. All right. Gallus suggests that he adopts Hostilianus and they rule jointly. Uh-huh. Yeah. This relieves everyone. Let's face it. Yeah. Rome really cannot have a civil war at the moment. No. Everything is falling apart. They've got zombies on the outskirts. They've got the Persian Empire smashing down, yeah. you know, the big wall. Yes. <laughs> the, big, the big Roman wall they probably built, maybe. They're smashing stuff anyway over Starvation there. Starvation is rampant. They're, they're not getting the grain from Egypt or wherever. Yeah. Uh, so it's all... Barbarians at the gate, yeah. literally. They've got goths painted their nails black. Yeah, it, they really cannot afford to have a civil war. No. Everything's falling apart. So the Senate breathe a huge sigh of relief. <sighs> right back and go, yeah, brilliant, okay, he can be your heir. And Hostelian remains in Rome and was joint emperor, although due to his age he was seen as the inferior emperor, very much like Averis was. So the next episode is Gallus. Ah, we'll, we'll find out. Uh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Hostilian then got sick and died. 
Oh. Hostilian? Yeah. What? There you go. <laughs> so that's Hostilian. <laughs> I've got a whole page here. <laughs> Don't worry. I've got a plan. I should have brought my post-it notes. <laughs> easier. Because what we can do is use this ridiculously short <clears throat> episode yeah. as an excuse to dive a little bit deeper into one area of trouble. Okay. Let's look at how Hostilian died. Ooh, yay. Yeah. He died of the plague. Yes. This is the plague that's ravaging Rome at the moment, the whole empire. And Hostilian catches it and dies. Ooh. Yes. So we're going to have to get our handsome man in the corner to do a, a little category thing. I'm not looking. <laughs> He's downstairs. We'll, we'll call him up. He needs to say the words smallpox. Ooh, smallpox. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, he's on his way. Smallpox! Okay, let's do an overview of smallpox, shall we? This is great, because this is this is why people that don't like anti-vaccines, and they say, oh, it's bad and stuff, but you've never had smallpox, have you, Rob? <laughs> why no, is that, Rob? Well, oh, vaccinations, wonderful! We'll, we'll get into that, don't yeah. worry. We will. Right. We don't know what the plague was that was devastating the Romans at the time. No. We don't know it's smallpox, but the best guess is smallpox. Yeah. Some theories say that it could have been measles. Mm. That's generally been discounted. Okay. So we're going to roll with that. We're going to say it was smallpox. Ooh, bad. Very bad. Not a good life experience when no. you have that. Yes, again, another great thing about doing a podcast rather than a dissertation. <laughs> you get to just go, yeah, let's say it's smallpox. Yeah. And move on. It's yeah. great. <laughs> Yeah. I love it. So much easier than uni. Right. <laughs> so, it was smallpox. We're going to go into the effects of smallpox on a person. Oh, brilliant. Then we'll do a brief history of smallpox. Fantastic. And then we'll look at how it was affecting Rome. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, yeah. This kind of stuff I can also help with. I know stuff. <laughs> so, the effects on a person. Death. Death, yes. Smallpox is a brick-shaped virus. Hmm. In, in, like, shape and scale. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. It's quite severe. Don't <laughs> get hit with that. <laughs> no, no, I think they're, they're a bit small. It's called um, variola major, although we're not going to go into the science of all the different types because I started looking and my brain started to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah, really well. don't want to try and explain that. That's fair enough. We're, we're tuning to um, Diseases Totalis Rankium. Oh, spin-off series for that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So, each victim of smallpox would shred millions of infected viruses from the rash on their skin, mm. but more likely the sores in their throat. Yes. As they breathed out. Mm. So this is how it spread. Each victim was highly infectious from just before the rash appearing to the last scab falling off approximately three weeks later. Mm. Although the first few days were the most contagious, when you okay. weren't really sure that you had it. Oh dear. Yeah, not good. The virus was still passable after the host had died as well. Ooh, that's not fair. No, it's not. Plus, blankets and cloth and anything that had pus on them could also pass the virus nice. for a certain amount of time. It is very contagious. Mm. Most people, however, contracted the disease through breathing the same air as someone who had it because the air would pass the open sores in the throat, collect in the water droplets, 
float over to yeah. another person, get sucked into their lungs. Mm. Happy days. Yeah. That kind of links to with like the medieval times and the, the pre-Tudor times where they the medieval times where they, they believed it was bad air that caused the plague. Yes, well, we'll get into that slightly because yeah. this is a full history right up to oh, the present sorry. day of smallpox. I'll just stop interrupting. Yeah, you know? I'll yeah. let you carry on. Sorry. Oh no, you you chip in. All you, right, you might have something I've not. Right, for the first week, Castilian would not have known that he was infected. Okay. So he would have been sat in the palace happily. Thinking, I'm the emperor. This is brilliant. Woo-hoo. What a loser Herennius is. Yeah, always lording it over me. And he's well dead. Yeah, who's emperor now, Herennius? He said to a little bust of Herennius. Yeah, he's next to his bed. Oh, nice. Yeah, little did he know that there were little brick-shaped monsters invading his body at the time. Oh. After nine days, the young emperor would have started to feel severe headaches, mm. fever, chills, nausea, and backache. For the next four days, there's a very good chance that he would have had terrifying dreams when he could sleep. Hallucinations. Yeah. So he was either awake and in pain or asleep, delirious. Nice. Not fun times. No. No. At this point, after about four or five days, he would have started to feel better. Ah, isn't that nice? Uh, you get a slight little yeah, little rest in the middle. Bit of... <laughs> For the real hell comes <laughs> yeah, in. Oh, yes. Because it's then... That the poxy part of the pox starts. Yeah. Yeah. It would have started off as just a, a rash. Yeah. Little, little red spots. Mm. Those little red spots would have been on the face and would have started to spread over his whole body, but mostly on the limbs and the face. Yeah. They then turn from little red spots to sort of raised pimples. Mm. Then those pimples would turn into pustules. Nice. Nice word. That were so thickly covered that the entire skin would resemble a kind of grotesque bubble wrap. Oh, that's a horrible (laughs) image. Well, I was trying to think, how can I describe this whilst looking at a picture on the internet of someone? Yeah, all those bits, they're horrific. Oh, they are horrific. We'll put one up on the website. Um, Hopkins, who's the author of The Greatest Killer, Smallpox... That's a book that I was using to research this. Okay. <laughs> uh, didn't use the word grotesque bubble wrap. He went for a hideous swollen monster. Uh, oh. Mm. Yeah, I prefer my grotesque bubble wrap. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably not quite so relaxing popping them one by one. Oh. <laughs> Nasty. So Hestilian would have just been this bumpy mass of pain. <laughs> hallucinating. Hallucinating, yes. <laughs> I look like I'm covered in bumps. You are, sir. Sorry about that. Oh. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Survivors describe at this point it feels like your skin is being plunged into fire. Mm. Not nice. The virus would also attack the body internally, and this is what killed you. Yeah. Yeah. It's presumably this is when Hestilian died. Yes. Although there were some people where it caught you internally before the rash showed externally. So you died before the rash, but that was less common. Mm. Once the victim was infected, there was no treatment whatsoever. If you've got it, you've just got to ride it out. If you did survive, however, good news, you're immune. Yes. Hooray. Hooray! Although you will be scarred for the rest of your life. Yeah. Quite often left blind in at least one eye. Oh. Yeah, the eyes didn't didn't do well. No, because you, you get pustules on your eyes, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Even more grotesque bubble wrap. Oh. Yeah. Extreme bubble wrap. So, that, that's what Hestilian went through before he died. Nice. So, let's get a, a, 
let's get a, a bigger sense of what the Empire was facing here. Because I've always, whenever you're reading about Roman history, it really goes into detail about the invading armies, the problems of the economy, but I it, always get the sense that the plague aspect's kind of brushed over. Because mm. it's quite hard to give any details apart from what happens to individual people. It's true. So I figured if I give a brief view of how smallpox has affected humanity in all of history, you yeah. kind of get a bigger sense yeah, of yeah. the problems. And so, the panic and the... Yeah. Should be mentioned at this point that all of this is very debatable. Of course. Some people say the disease is as recent as 500 years old, mm. and it didn't occur before the Tudor times. Most people disagree with that. Um, I guess it's, it's just recognising... Yeah, it, it's recorded. very hard to say. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to follow what Hopkins said, okay. because uh, it was a very good read. Okay. I was impressed. If you want to find it, it was, uh, as I said, the greatest killer, smallpox. And in my note, I've accidentally put two X's on the end of smallpox, so it looks cool. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> smallpox! <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. So, smallpox is probably between 68,000 and 16,000 years old. That's quite old. That's the reign of no one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Don't know who its parents are. Um, <laughs> it probably evolved from a rodent disease, but that mm. is all guesswork. There is suggestion that smallpox affected regions in India and Africa up to 10,000 years ago, but this is quite hard to prove. Yeah. What we do see, however, is Egypt. This is our earliest case of definite smallpox, okay. as far as we can tell. Yeah, yeah. And it is debatable. Yes. The, um, the 18th and 20th dynasties of Egypt, mm. which I'm sure you know well. Oh, of course, yeah. Of course, yeah. yeah. Me too. Uh, the most famous being in 1145 BCE. Yes, yes. Ramesses V. The fifth. fifth, yes, that's what yeah. I was going to say, yeah. Also, if you're a bit unsure, to give him his full name, Yusumer Sekaperene... I'm sure many people listening are wincing <laughs> Oh, stop it. Stop it. I have a doctorate in Egyptology. <laughs> so, that name, Mighty Bull, Repulsor of Millions, Golden Horus, King of Upper and Lower Egypt, Lord of the Two Lands, Pharaoh Ramesses V. So someone that's not very confident then. No. <laughs> and we mock the Romans for that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> At least we're not doing the Egyptians. <laughs> yeah. So, he died of it. We can tell because mm. we took all his bandages off and went, oh, look, he's all bumpy. Oh. I think it's slightly more scientific than that. But it's, it's, it's something Probably. like that. Yeah. We next see it again in history when the Egyptians were fighting the Hittites uh, in the 14th century BCE. So that's actually before Ramesses V. Yeah. Yes, after, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. After some of the other Egyptians. Ramesses IV, I believe. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, but let's say, let's say yeah. confidently and hope no one knows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's a description when they were fighting each other that the war sort of collapsed because mm. they all started getting this disease mm. where this horrible rash came up and they all started dying. And we think that's probably smallpox. Mm. Next, it pops up when Alexander the Great was invading India. He's a Greek. Macedonian. That's what I said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, we don't know it's smallpox, but when they reached India, they got an illness. Many people died. It yeah. um, involved a severe rash. It described lots of um, symptoms of smallpox. So there's a good mm. chance that was smallpox. Yeah. It went a lot into why Alexander couldn't keep pushing 
through India, yes. his troops had had enough and refused to go on further. Yeah. One of the reasons was because they were being ravaged by this disease. Yeah. 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 Hmm. In the Peloponnesian War in Greece... That's in the Greek times, ancient Greeks. Yes, well done. Doing well. Mm. Athens v Sparta. <gasps> Yay! Yeah. See, you you know more about this than I do, this bit yeah. of history. The, uh... Well, I listen to the Greek history podcast. I <laughs> oh, see. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it could have been smallpox that destroyed a quarter of the Athenian army, which arguably led to Sparta winning that war. <laughs> yeah. Nothing to do with their superior fighting skills and no, weapons, no. no. In 250 BCE, we find it in China. This is just before they finished building a section of the Great Wall to keep the Huns out. What is it still there? Can you still go and see a wall in China? I've heard bits remain, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. They call it the Wall. The, mm. okay. Yeah, they called smallpox, however, Hunpox. Oh, I like that. Yeah, because they blamed it on the Huns. Oh, I mean, yeah. There was no evidence that it came from the Huns, but... Why not blame the minorities yeah. slash invading force? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why not? So, that, that's pre-Roman. As you can see, it's, it's had some fairly major effects on history. Well, yeah. 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 There's, I mean, you'd have to go into it in a lot more detail, and you can only speculate, but fairly major turning points could have happened yeah. differently had smallpox not been around. Then we reach the Romans. If the theory is correct, that plague that hit Marcus Aurelius and killed him... Oh. And Verus, his brother, was smallpox. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So we've seen how much it devastated the Empire at that point and just led to Marcus Aurelius having an altogether rubbish time. Yeah, yeah. And it's all smallpox's fault. And Verus died because of this. Oh. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't deserve that. No. He just loved partying and yeah. putting gold in his hair. Yeah. Yeah. Marcus Aurelius's leading physician... I can never say that word. Physician. Thank you. Physician. Physician. F-f-zish. Zish. Un. Un. Physician. Physician. I can't do it. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> I'll say it and you just put the word okay. in there. Marcus Aurelius's leading physician, Galus, reported on the plague but not in detail. Okay. It appears that he left Rome in a hurry as soon as he was aware of the first okay. cases. <laughs> oh, God, run away! Yeah. Run away! Everyone else was going, oh, what's this? Oh, it's a bit of a rash. Galen's, look, look at this, look at this rash. Galen's just goes pale. I, I, I'm going to have a bit of a holiday. <laughs> yes, I'll be back if you're still alive. <laughs> In a decade. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah, he, he legged it. <laughs> then we catch up to our story. Yep. This plague now that has just killed Hostilion. The theory is that's smallpox. Mm. Then let's go into the future. <gasps> In 450, so this is still a period we will eventually cover in our podcast, right okay. towards the end, when the Huns are invading, they seem to bring smallpox or hunpox with them. <laughs> yeah. Nicassius, or Nisassius? I'm going to say Nicassius. Nicassius of Reims became the patron saint of smallpox victims. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. You can imagine them sitting up there on their clouds. So what, what did you get? I'm patron saint of wisdom and <laughs> good fortune. Oh, yeah, what about you? Uh, I, I only got shoes. I'm a little bit embarrassed. <laughs> patron saint of things stuck in drawers. Yeah. What about you? Smallpox. What? <laughs> Smallpox. Is that again? Speak up. Pat How can you? Can't be a patron saint of a disease. That was the victims. That's pathetic. <laughs> it's awful. What? Yeah. It's a, it's a shame. There was a prayer that went to him. People prayed. It Brilliant. was great. I love this prayer. 
In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, may the Lord ward off the smallpox. Saint Nicasius had the smallpox, and he asked the Lord to preserve those who carried his name. All right? Is that it? <laughs> yeah, that's it. It just seems a bit chatty, that last bit. Yeah, please. Saint Nicasius had the smallpox, and he asked if you'd like give us a bit of a break. Will you? Will you? Come on. We're dying down here. <laughs> My children. <laughs> yeah. So um, that, that was the, uh, the prayer back then. Another wave possibly hit Europe in the mid-500s, hitting Egypt and Byzantium. Now, this was when the Justinian plague was going on. This is obviously bubonic plague. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's big. Ooh, uh, yeah. That was all that was serious stuff, that was. Ooh, um, yeah, the Byzantine History Podcast covers it in some good detail, yeah. if you want to find out some information about that. But there is some evidence that smallpox was actually doing its rounds at the same time. Oh! Fun times! Oh no, like a two-pronged attack. Yeah. I, I survived! I survived the plague! Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. All the spots have gone, I've scarred, I have lost sight in one eye, but I think I'm okay. Oh, that's weird. Pain under my arm. Yeah. There's big bulge under my arm. Oh, oh no! <laughs> yeah, it's no wonder it was an awful, awful time for Rome. It next pops up in Alexandria in 622 when the Islamic armies suddenly burst out of the desert and start invading places. Okay. Uh, yeah, there was an outbreak then. Didn't help anyone. No. No. So smallpox sort of pops up now and again for the next 500 years. The Crusaders really helped to spread it around. Oh, they would? Yeah. They were all over the place. Yeah, they moved all over the place. That was really good. <laughs> Hi, nice to meet <coughs> Nice to meet you. <laughs> we're coming from a mission from God. <laughs> <laughs> to spread peace and tranquility. <coughs> <laughs> yeah, good times. Um, it reached England for definite at this point in the 1300s, if it hadn't already reached there. there was the some smallpox. Yeah, yeah, there was some suggestion that it had already been there for a good few hundred years, but we know it was definitely in England in the 1300s. Yeah. A poet in Constantinople around this time described his battle with it. Oh. Yes. First, my own body is showered with hailstones. Oh. He's gone for figurative language, I'm guessing, here. Unless... <laughs> we'd cure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, from the top of the head to the nails of the toes. Yes, I do justly call them hail, on account of their colour of being white and the shape being spherical. <laughs> the body is heated violently through and through, with extraordinary torches from the fever. Little by little, the pimples gradually, on the seventh day, become murderous pustules. Have you ever seen a violent shower of rain coming down on a lake? How the entire surface of the lake swells up on account of the closely packed bubbles. Such, at this time, think of my wretched flesh to have become. Ooh. It's a bit like gruesome bubble wrap. It's... <laughs> That's a quote from, from that time. Directly. Yeah, yes. yeah, no. yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That's pretty... Yeah, ooh. Nasty. Ooh. I, don't, I don't think I'd write quite that nicely about it. I think I would have just written, it's horrible! It hurts so much! Kill me! <laughs> I think he was just lying there really stoically. Yeah. Have you ever seen the rain upon a lake? <laughs> That's my skin. <laughs> I'm in extraordinary pain. <laughs> it hurts like a... <laughs> yeah. Wait, yeah. 
Okay. For the next few hundred years, the Black Death becomes the plague of choice. <laughs> That's yeah. the more fashionable plague yeah. of time. <laughs> yeah. But smallpox must still have been around. We just have very little evidence of it. because well, everyone was, do hang around. Everyone was just going, oh, the Black Death, whenever they wrote about plague. So mm. we don't really hear about it as much, but it was definitely around still. So now we're up to the 1500s, where it really seemed to break out amongst the royals of Europe. Most famously, Elizabeth I. She got it, but she survived. Yeah, because her skin was scarred, that's why she wore yes. heavy makeup. Yes, yes, she was very scarred. Henry VIII, her father, moved around quite a bit trying to avoid it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just on a carriage. Ride! Go fast! It's coming! Or be the plague! Looking behind them as a big swarm of plague. Little, <laughs> big bricks. <laughs> yeah! Big black bricks with frowns. <laughs> Little wings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That could be a plague brick. Go on up there, look. Oh yeah, you do have a brick. That can mm. be our plague brick. Excellent. So yeah, Elizabeth got it, but managed to survive. That's nice, isn't it? But she was scarred for life. By the 1600s, smallpox was the biggest killer in Europe. Mm. Yes, nothing killed more. Bloodlettings was considered the best cure at this point. They thought that was a cure for everything. Yeah, that's true. Yep. <laughs> have a leech. Yes. Let me slice open your artery. Th oh, you're dead. <laughs> Must have been the plague. <laughs> But he's cured. Yeah. <laughs> he's not suffering anymore. Yeah. Around this time, a man named Thomas Seidenham. Oh, he must be German or Austrian. Oh, I think he was English. Maybe I'll just put an accent on. Yeah. Seidenham. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry for insulting Germans again. Maybe it's Thomas Side of Ham. Ooh. Yeah, that's, that's, that's English. Right. Wondered why the poor generally seem to be faring better than the rich. Poor and rich seem to be getting it, but the mm. rich seem to be dying more. After a long, hard think, <laughs> he thought, hang on, maybe we need to stop sticking sharp objects in rich people, letting them bleed to death and hoping that that helps them. Because the poor aren't doing that because they can't afford to pay for someone to do that. And they're surviving a bit better. I think he might be onto something. I think he was. He's found a correlation. Yeah, it's a shame it's taken about a hundred years at that point. <laughs> <laughs> hang on, this isn't working. <laughs> Shortly after that, people start to realise that infecting themselves deliberately with the disease resulted in less severe results. Yes. And then gave them immunity. Mm. This isn't ideal, however, because less severe results, when the results are smallpox, is still not great. <laughs> no, it's still a lot of pain. Yeah, it's a bit like saying, I could break your leg in 27 places to save your leg being cut off. <laughs> I suppose um, better. Maybe. Because <laughs> as I understand, it, this is when they first started to, yeah, the, the make them sort of be sick. So they get like pus from a blister and put it into them. Make themselves sick, wouldn't they? They'd get a handful of it and they'd smear it on each other's faces. Ew. That's a lie. I'm making Good. that up. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe they did. <laughs> pus, sir. I'm a pus party. <laughs> You'll feel horrible for a couple of weeks, but then you'll be dead. Or not. <laughs> I'll go back to the bloodletting, thank you. <laughs> Extreme roulette. <laughs> yeah. Voltaire, the famous Voltaire, writes mm. that 60% of the population in Europe caught smallpox at this time. Wow. Uh, and 20% died of it. Two in ten people were dying of smallpox. Wow. And this isn't even a major outbreak, this is general background. Wow, that's... Severe stuff. So when you've got those ten people for your smallpox party, Ooh. oh, your arms aren't good, are they? No, it's like short, 
short straw sort of thing. Yeah. Right, yeah. early 1760s, a man named John Fuster noticed that milkmaids who contracted cowpox, yes. which is a less severe version of the disease which was prone in cows, hence the word cowpox, yeah. uh, they did not get smallpox. He noticed that, and then he went and had a cup of tea to celebrate. <laughs> Yes. I'm sure he did lots of other things, but that's all we're going to go into. Yeah. Then, in the late 1700s, there were reports of British, French, and Americans using smallpox blankets as an early form of biological warfare. Ooh. Yeah. That's nasty. Yeah, isn't that nice? It's like, oh, it's getting better. We're starting to get... Oh, no, we're just deliberately infecting each other now. How nice. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Over the next few years, scientists in Germany and England in particular attempted to figure out why these milkmaids were not getting smallpox. So I always think of musicals when I think of milkmaids. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know yeah. what I mean. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's what the scientists thought. Sing, sing louder. Maybe it's a link to musicals. Sing quieter. Milkmaids are musicals. Yeah, yeah. And they and had milk to... in a cow, squeeze the udders. Go and check a small cockney urchin. Yeah. Right, Governor. Do you have smallpox? Yeah, right, I've got it. Oh, it's not the musical link then. It must be something else. Yeah. yeah. Right, here we go. Famous person, Edward Jenner. <gasps> yes. In 1796, Jenner grabbed his gardener's eight-year-old son... Hello. ...and injected him with cowpox pus. How are you doing? <laughs> I really want to know if the gardener knew this was going to happen. Yeah, of course, of course you can buy my son. For experiment, what kind of is... Oh, shut the door in my face. Uh. I think Jenna was at his desk. He had this brainwave. He looked up. There the eight-year-old boy is walking past the window. He reaches out, grabs the child by the neck, pulls him through the window, <laughs> injects him there and then, and then goes and asks the gardener. Oh, I like him. That's what happened. Yeah. Illusion of choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've got to let the gardener think he's got a choice. Yeah. He knows he hasn't. He's out of a job if he says no. Yeah. Let's call this boy Little Timmy. He does have a name, <laughs> but I haven't put it in my notes, and I, now I regret that. So let's Little give him a name. Yeah. Little Timmy. I think Little Timmy works well. So, Little Timmy fell ill and died. Oh. No, he didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that would be... <laughs> a sad version. Um, no, he didn't. Tim for Christmas. <laughs> I would like to be rid of this disease, please, if you'd like, sir. He fell ill. Yeah. But not severely, as was the way with cowpox. Yeah. Yeah, wasn't as bad as smallpox. The boy was then exposed to smallpox to inoculate him from the disease. Not only was he immune to smallpox, but he didn't get the symptoms. So this was the same idea they've had for a while. Give yeah. yourself smallpox on purpose. Deal with the um, symptoms mm -hmm. hope you survive and then you're immune yeah but if you have the cowpox first which isn't too bad mm. then you can give yourself smallpox as well and you don't get any symptoms at all and you're immune nice it's amazing it is a revolution it's a vaccination that's where we get vaccination from cow cow exactly Vash. yeah so, by 1840, the vaccination was accepted by the British government. I love how long it took. How, how long? <laughs> well, Jenner grabbed the boy in 1796, and by 1840, the British government went, yeah, you're on to something okay, here. Okay, so four years later. Yeah. Okay, let's give it a try. That, that little boy's now in his 50s. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now's a lad. 
I was thrown through a window and given two types of diseases and lived to tell the tale. <laughs> no, he died in his early 20s. <laughs> I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So the British government, it took them a while, but yeah. they handed out the vaccine completely free of charge. See, that's a good investment. It is. The NHS started there. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Napoleon. He was around at this time. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was at war with England. He liked to do that. He did, oh, he did love to go to war, didn't he? He was at war with England, but the British government gave him the vaccine. Isn't that nice? That is, again, investment. Yes. This was... You would not see it today, would you? No. This was invented and given to everyone worldwide that at the time they could give it to. Wow. The only thing that was stipulated, Jenna personally asked Napoleon, I'm guessing through letter rather than just rocking up in Napoleon's yeah. tent. Hi! Hi! Hi. <laughs> I've just saved countless, literally countless lives. So, I'm probably the greatest living person for now, ever. Yes. Until the Beatles. I'm bigger than the Beatles. <laughs> so... Can you release all of the English prisoners of war, please? And Napoleon said he could not refuse anything to one of the greatest benefactors of mankind. Oh, Yeah, so they were all released. It does show, though, how the, the massive impact and fear of smallpox. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It really puts it that was in perspective, doesn't it? devastating. You can see when we finally got a hold of this thing, everyone, the relief on everyone. By 1900, smallpox was gone from North America and Northern Europe. Mm -hmm. During World War II, the Americans and British and Japanese all started researching how to weaponize it. Oh. Yes. Have but, they not learnt? But moving on from blankets, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. In 1950s, another push was given to get rid of the pox for good. The last major yeah. outbreak was in 1970 in Yugoslavia, mm, where yep. 35 died. Mm. And then finally, in 1978, the last person on Earth died of smallpox. Where do you think that was? Africa. No, not in Africa. Oh, it was America, wasn't it? No, not in America. Britain? Mm-hmm. Coventry. Birmingham. Birmingham. Where I live. Yes. Yay. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was uh, someone researching smallpox. They had some uh, of the virus. They contracted it. They died. Okay. After that, the WHO, I'm guessing the World Wild Health Organization, but it might have been the band. I I'm think not the band. Sure. The band, the, band yeah. the WHO, recommended that <laughs> all countries get rid of any stocks of the virus by 1986 and all countries in the world went yes let's get rid of it once and for all so it's definitely gone mm. apart from the americans and the russians oh yeah of course cold war was still going on yeah. and they all went nope we like our viruses as much as we like our nuclear weapons we're keeping them <laughs> true is keeping the virus is a good thing to do because if it crops up again you've got something to work with and well use. that was the argument yeah, that's the argument, I know. but <laughs> And that is the argument some scientists yeah. put forward. So, the WHO put together... <laughs> they realised they couldn't figure this out themselves. I mean, Talking was... about my vaccination. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they realised it wasn't really their area, so they got some experts in. Um... <laughs> the guitar's down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's an expert now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they got a whole bunch of experts, and they debated this for a long time, and eventually, in 2010... Six years ago, right. the report was given to say that there was no scientific reason to keep the stocks. Everything we could possibly need to know from the virus we have already discovered. Okay. 
we know how to vaccinate against it. <laughs> so they release it back into the wild <laughs> to be part one with nature. So, again, the who, they're getting on there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> declared. Lost, lost John Whistle as well. So. Yeah. No, by this point, smallpox. Smallpox, <laughs> yeah. That's why they're so invested in it. Yeah. 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 Everyone in the world declared that they would finally get rid of smallpox. And I'm sure they have. Apart from America and Russia. Oh, yeah. Who, who are still saying, no, we're going to keep our smallpox. A couple of scabs with smallpox in has shown up a few times mm. in recent years. Uh, so, yeah, there's always a chance it might break out again because mm. some countries, not naming any names, but I just named them, refuse to get rid of them. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. That's the history of smallpox. No, that's good. <laughs> so that gives you a sense of how smallpox has affected history. Mm. It's a big thing. It is. Yeah. And the fact that we have literally only just, in the grand scheme of things, eradicated it but it's the first thing that we've it's the first virus that ever can be destroyed i mean polio's getting there yeah i think that's the number two one we're trying to but it really does looking at it like from start to finish it really does mm. make you appreciate how lucky we are in the modern age and, and there's still it? no cure for it as well the only reason we stopped is from vaccinations rather than cures yes we have no cure for it yeah interesting history but now let's snap back to roman times let's have a think about how this was affecting the romans during Hostilian's time Death. Yes. It was reported that up to 5,000 people a day were dying in Rome. That's a monstrous amount. That is a huge amount. There is a description not of Rome, but of Carthage from the same time. We can only assume that Rome was the same. Mm. Afterwards, there broke out a dreadful plague. I'm not sure what this was after. Maybe tea. <laughs> <laughs> After crumpets and tea, there <laughs> broke out a dreadful plague. It was so sudden. <laughs> and excessive destruction of a hateful disease invaded every house, carrying off day by day everyone from his own house. All were shuddering, fleeing, shunning the contagion, impiously exposing their own friends, as if with the exclusion of the person who was sure to die of the plague, one could exclude death itself. Ooh. There lay about the meanwhile, over all the city, no longer bodies, but the carcasses of many. Mm. No one regarded anything besides his cruel gains. No one trembled at the remembrance of a similar event. No one did to another what he himself wished to experience. Do you really get the sense that anarchy is is taking over here. yeah and it's like the worst thing ever yes this so is... the amount of torturing the amount of caliguling yeah. they've had that's a new, new verb, verb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, to caligula <laughs> caliguli caligulus caliculum yeah. i've been caligulated <laughs> i was caligulated right in the head so i'm trying to think of present tense perfect now anyway mo- <laughs> right uh, <laughs> Yeah, it, not good. Um, no. Cities were literally falling apart because of this. Now, there's that, and then you add on all the other stuff. Mm. The civil strife. The fact that the Persians are invading, the fact the barbarians are invading, the fact the economy's falling apart, the fact that there's no stable government. It is a crisis. It's a mess. It really is. It's, it's a mess. The infrastructure of Rome is completely shattered. If we can believe the sources, up to a quarter of the population dies. Wow. Yeah. This obviously means fewer troops. Yeah. Less food, so people are starving. Less trade, the economy's falling apart. Less production. Farms are in complete disarray. They can't grow the crops because people who are meant to be working on the farms are dead. Yeah. Yeah. What little health care there was 
completely overrun. Mm. In a, in a time of plenty, mm. like in Marcus Aurelius's reign, yeah, yeah. this was devastating. Yes. In Hostilian's reign, it's catastrophic. Yeah. And to bring it back to Hostilian, this is the plague that killed him. Mm. It's the one he did nothing about. Let's rate him. <laughs> oh dear. Fightius Maximus. He's how he how can he even score anything for this? The only thing he can score for is tempo and imago. Let's go through. Okay. Fightius Maximus. Nothing. Yeah, there's nothing. That is it. I mean, there's really nothing else to say, is there? Zero. Zero. Approvium Crazium. Nothing. Zero. Zero. Next. Successus Ultimus. Now, we do have something here. We've got no, something. you don't. Don't lie. He was the first emperor since Severus to die of natural causes. Unless Caracalla killed Severus, which there was a theory, in which case he is the first emperor since Marcus Aurelius to die of natural causes, who also theoretically died of the same plague. Mm. So there's a nice duality there. However, I thought success was about success for the whole empire. That's not success for the empire. That's just a, that's, a, that's like winning a medal. An emperor dying of natural causes, you could imply means that you've got a good, strong, stable empire that isn't going through lots of hideous revolutions. So that game of the word emperor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there's nothing. Zero. Image faces. Okay, let's see if he gets anything here. I'm not even putting our own scores in here, it's just zero. <laughs> right, what do you think he looked like? Was there even time to make a bust? Or a coin? He's got a bust and a coin. Debatable whether the bust is him, but the coin's definitely him, and it does look similar to the bust. So. There's, there's no... I don't, oh, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going for? He looks sad, and he's covered in pockmarks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You ready? That's a lot of pockmarks. Yeah. This is Bull what rap. he possibly looked like. Ooh, ooh. He's got a beard. He looks quite modern, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Short hair. That's either a very small beard, or <laughs> that's the pox starting to show, <laughs> and they quickly rushed him in front of the sculpture. I, I, yeah, he looks he looks like he could be alive now, not just like the, the shape and the hair and stuff and the styling. Yeah. It's quite a, it looks normal, a longish face. I like his coin, very flat head. <laughs> he has got a flat head. He could, he could carry food on top of his head. <laughs> he Plates and all sorts. Whether that was actually him having a flat head or just the bad carver of the uh, the coins. I think the flat head. That's how they do it. Each coin was individually carved back in <laughs> One poor old man. You start off with a big block of metal and then just chip <laughs> away. <laughs> one little coin. Yeah, that's how they do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not inspiring, though, is it? It just looks like a young... He looks like a regular bog a person. There's nothing... Emperor about him, one. No. Not even that, to be honest. Well, it's got more than zero, but... Yeah. One. One as well, so that gives him 0 0.5 for Image Ophacious. Tempo completo. Okay, how long do you think he lasted? Less than a year. It was less than a year? <sighs> Three months. Sources differ. Okay. Not that we really have any sources, but it's very hard to say. Um... A few months is generally the accepted amount. So I've gone for 0 0.4 years. 
Don't ask me why I came up with that number. That's fine. I get the feeling that it's not half a year, because people would have said half a year. Mm. A few months makes me think a bit less than half a year. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's, that's fair. So are you talking four months there, or...? No, no, 0.4, not yeah, four so... months. So maybe about five months okay. around that. So that gives him a Tempo Completo score of 0.05. I don't think we're going to need to add this up. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm getting the spreadsheet out, as I do every week, but I think we can possibly do this without inputting the data into the spreadsheet. Can I, can I read out his score? Please do read out his score. He has a grand total score of 0.5. Wow, there we go. Do you remember when uh, we laughed at Julianus's score? Yeah. Thought how awful he was. Do you want to be reminded about what he got? Yeah, please. Julianus scored an amazingly high 7.02. That's their lofty heights compared to <laughs> some of these people. Compared to what we're getting at the moment. 0.55. Oh, that is... I don't think we can beat that. That's got to be the lowest. Wow. Surely. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing is, he's because we've got a set way of deciding whether they're the Emperor, some people don't include him in lists. Well, we didn't include that die dun dum 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 Yeah, there are several, and there's been, like, Philip II, Philipson, but we didn't include him, even though he was declared co-Augustus with Philip, because he was just useless and clearly wasn't actually in charge of anything. Yeah, yeah. Now, you could argue the same for Stylian, apart from one important difference. He was technically the sole ruler of Rome at some point. Yes. That might have only been a day or two, but the Senate declared for him... And then mm. Gallus came along. Yeah. And he's on the poster behind us as well. So, And he's on the poster behind us. Yeah. But he's not in all lists. If no. you look at lists of emperors, he's not even mentioned in many of the books I have. Really? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he is definitely a bit of a sorry case. But that does not mean... <laughs> he does not have... Gene César. Let's find out. Do they have a certain Gene César? Oh, and then why? He's the lowest scoring emperor. I don't think we're going to get lower than that. I don't think we're going to get lower than that. So I think he should have it just for that. Because I, 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 I was talking to Scott and saying that we're going through a bit of a Genesis are a drought. Yeah. And he called it more of a global warming. <laughs> uh, which I quite liked. <laughs> I would agree with you. I'd give it to him if it wasn't for the fact that we've got these co-Augustuses, Augusti, uh, that we're just not even including on the list. Okay. If he was just, if he was really a sole emperor who was this bad, I'd say yes because he's so bad. But fair enough. No, I mean, it's not. I I can't see how we can give it to no, him. No, we can't. We can't. We can't. I mean, looking back at um, my only regret so far is Julianus because his he bought the empire. Yeah. yeah, he did do that. And actually, if someone told me to, to ask me, tell me about a Roman emperor. I probably would include Julianus, but so bearing that in mind, I can't give it to Stylian. No, fair enough. Yeah, that's fair enough. Okay, so that's no Genesis are yet again. How many is that now? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's eight in a row. Wow. But fear not. Ooh. We only have two more before we get to what I call rock bottom. Okay. <laughs> so then it's up. 
and then we start going up. What about rock bottom? Might be even less than 0.55, so you know. Oh no, actually, uh, we'll see. I won't ruin it. So, <laughs> uh, two episodes this week. We have Hostilian's technically co-emperor coming up, so... Gallus. Yeah. yeah. That's, what it, that's what his name was. So, um, stay tuned for that. Uh, please follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We'd like to post things on there, and we, we get back and people message us as well. We try to as soon as we can. We've got a WordPress site where we put all everything up there as well, including maps Rob's creating and our stats as well. Also, um, please go to the uh, Roman Empire and Byzantine History on Facebook. They're celebrating their one year. They've been around for a year now. They're having a big celebration. Well, they've had it already. Um, but lots of good things on there as well, lots of information. So please go on that. It's fantastic. And thank you to Scott as well. Lots of, lots of support on there. So we need our, our regular goodbye this week. Um... Watch out for them bricks. They is hitting you in your face. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>